the modern day odd couple, Defoe and Louis, are on now. It is, of course, the Defoe Show. Hopefully, Defoe won't be singing this tune uh, in his days in Atlantic City and definitely when he gets back. This is the Defoe Show. I am Louis. We are going to turn our attentions now to March Madness, the big dance. Really kicks off. Yes, I get it. The play-in games. I know. Anyone around college basketball loves to throw the play-in games. Tuesday, Wednesday, you had your play-in games. Kill the 68. Oh, I, I guess it's more than 68 now. What is it? 18, so 72. I don't, whatever. Your field of whatever the hell is now down to the 64. We have 64 teams remaining. We now will turn our attention to the real big dance, the real March Madness. And today tips off 12-15 with Michigan and Colorado State. We're going to talk with our good friend, man who knows college basketball inside and out guy, we I used to do a show with for years actually, each and every day. The one and only Blake Chadwick now joins me to talk a little bit of journey, love, and sadness. What's going on, Blake? How you doing? Good morning, Ruby. I wish we had Defo today, but of course we could get a little old school with some young guns this morning. Exactly. Young guns. We did a Defo radio every day for years, and it's where I really started to hone in on the 12 5 upset, started to hone in. On the upsets, I, I really wasn't great at brackets until I met this gentleman. He knows his brackets inside and out. So we're going to you have about three and a half hours before your brackets need to be turned in. So anyone who hasn't done a bracket, listen clearly because Blake knows his stuff. Uh, first, we always love to go here. We know who are the favorites are. Who are not even the sleepers because everyone's thrown out VT and this and that. Uh, I like to always ask you. Who are the teams we haven't heard of, we don't know, that we may or should know by the time this weekend gets underway and maybe when this weekend's done? Well, Luby, you mentioned the 12-15 tip-off between the Michigan Wolverines and the Colorado State Rams, but you look at the second game, 12-40, the four-seeded Providence Friars taking on the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State, the number 13 seed coming out of the Summit Conference there. South Dakota State, one of the most efficient teams in the country. They can knock down the three-ball. Providence has had some issues in recent weeks. Of course, Al Durham, one of their key players there, transferred from Indiana, has been in and out of the lineup. Ed Cooley's done a great job with this Providence Friars team, winning the Big East, I think, for the first time maybe ever. But again, you're talking about a 4-13 matchup, which has trended towards that kind of 12-over-5 pick that you were alluding to right before I came on the air. And I, I like Providence uh, to go down early as one of the upset specials there with South Dakota State picking up a big win. I don't think Providence has the offensive firepower to really be able to hang there in that ball game. And, you know, taking a look at some other games today, Indiana, you mentioned the first four as well. Indiana picking up a huge win over Wyoming on Tuesday night. They're looking to ride that momentum. Trace Jackson, uh, Davis there, I mean, he, he's one of the top players, in, uh, of course, in the Big Ten. He's an all-Big Ten type player. And, again, with John, uh, of course, uh, you know, I, I do believe it will be overall that Indiana does have the piece of the puzzle. You know, Mike Woodson, again, the coach there, he's an alumni. He's coaching the NBA. He's coaching big-time environments. I think a good 12 over 5 potentially could come right there. And just to throw one more out there, Luby, today, I mean, 4-13 again, Arkansas against Vermont. Uh, I kind of like the Catamounts. It's a senior-led team. They're really complete. And I think Arkansas, though they played well as of late, is an Elite 8 team last year. But I just don't know if the Razorbacks have the shooting to be able to hang. And I think we could see a couple of double-digit seeds move on today. All righty. So everyone loves the upset. Well, it's funny, you, the professor, and I have always talked about this. Like, the first weekend's cool. We love our upsets. 
But then once you get down to the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, you sort of want the cream to rise because you don't want to see some schmink get annihilated in the Final Four as we've seen in years past. Everyone's zoned in and honed in on Gonzaga. Last year, they lose a tough one to Baylor in the championship. Mark Few's been flirting with this for freaking years and yet has not come down with a, a, a title. Is this Gonzaga's year? Like, everyone in the world's on Gonzaga. Look, I'm not going to lie. I went chalk, and I have Gonzaga. So that means people should probably go totally away from them. Where are you with, like, I know every, Arizona's getting some love. Baylor, again, the defending champion. Are you all in a Gonzaga, or who do you think literally is the team that you're looking for to take out Gonzaga? Yeah, I think we certainly would like to see a little bit of chalk, at least towards the Elite Eight. I don't think we're looking at a Kansas State, Loyola, Chicago blockbuster again in the Elite Eight. I don't think, as fans, we necessarily want to see that type of environment play out. But you look at Gonzaga, Luby, again, they've been in the national championship a couple of times in the last several years. This is another loaded team. I don't know if this is the best team that Mark Hughes had, but it has a nice mix of guys in terms of veterans like Drew Timmy and, of course, guys like Anton Watson be able to come in off the bench. And then you throw in the, the, the freshman Fina. Guys like Nolan Hickman, who's a, a big-time guard that comes in there and plays in a rotation. And then, of course, Chet Holmgren. I mean, not enough can be said about this young man, as he can do it inside and out, really disrupt players in the paint. It steps out, hit the three ball. I mean, the guy really has, has a pro-style game. I, I think the third time is the charm, Luby. I mean, I hate to say it's going to be chalk, but in a season <laughs> of major inconsistencies, Gonzaga has been the team to kind of hang around. And you look at their path. Obviously, that first game against Georgia State shouldn't be too much of a problem. When you look at the second-round matchup, the 8-9 game, Boise State-Memphis really should be able to get by there. Memphis, of course, if they had all their guns, everybody played up to their potential. Yeah, yeah. Memphis is probably not a 9-seed either. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things that has to give in that situation. And then you look at the Sweet 16. I mean, a potential Arkansas or Yukon or even a Vermont or New Mexico State shouldn't be too difficult, I think, for Gonzaga. Yeah. And then you find yourself in the Elite Eight. You're looking at maybe a Duke in a rematch from earlier this season when the Blue Devils beat them, possibly Texas Tech in another big-time style battle there, which would be a, a rock fight. But I, I'll tell you, I think Gonzaga has a pretty solid path. They certainly earned the number one overall seed. And Mark Few's on a mission, because if this team can't get it done, Luby, I don't know when Gonzaga ever could. Yeah, this is the Defoe Show. Luby here, no Defoe. He's on his way to Atlantic City, talking to my man, Blake Cowett, renowned wrestling, boxing, MMA Ring announcer, play-by-play announcer. He'll do everything when it comes to action sports. Uh, he also is a huge, not only college basketball fan, but analyst. And every single year, he breaks on the brackets. For us, follow him up on Twitter, at StackIBack, B-A-C. You brought up Duke. You know, you've done enough show with the professor to know how uh, we feel about Duke in these parts outside of Elizabeth Visser, who we love. And she's very close to Coach K. The rest of us have an interesting uh, attachment to Duke. Duke had a weird year. Like, they seemed to be hitting their stride like two weeks ago. And before the ACC tournament, it was, okay, these young guys, this group that a lot of people think will be the entire starting five will be first-round pick. They're coasting. They're going to be a one seed. They should be the one seed, and they're going to really give Gonzaga all they can handle. And then they lose to Carolina in Coach K's final home game. And then they lose to Virginia Tech to lose the ACC tournament. Where are you with Duke? You just said even Gonzaga facing Duke, like a rematch from early in the year, shouldn't be a tough test for them. Do you have Duke getting that far? Like we've seen Duke in years past. They either go all the way or they struggle early. They're sort of hit or miss. Where are you with Duke in this tournament? I, I think I've watched too many Disney movies, Luby. As I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to find that Cinderella story here for Coach K and company. You know, obviously getting punched in the mouth by UNC and 
and then getting a, a, another right hook, if you will, by Virginia Tech double digits in the ACC final. Certainly Duke going the wrong direction at the wrong time of the year. I mean, obviously, they, they certainly want to be playing their best basketball entering the month of March and, of course, the big uh, dance of the NCAA tournament. They come in as a two-seed. They will likely have problems in round number two, whether it's the seven-seeded Michigan State Spartan or, of course, the number 10-seed Davidson Wildcats. I like Davidson, what they bring to the table. And I was actually talking about this with the professor. I like Davidson in a bubble. Like, if we were just looking at this game in kind of a vacuum, Davidson yeah. against Duke in a second-round environment. But, again, like the professor pointed out, and I think it's a great observation, Davidson and the rest of the teams in this tournament will be, you're not just playing against Coach K. You're not just playing against the Duke players on the floor. You're likely playing against the officials. As yes. A group yes. Of, of referees. They're, they're going to want to make sure they can do whatever they have to be able to keep Duke around at least until the second weekend. You know, once you get past the first two rounds, you know, anything can really happen, whether it's that Texas Tech spot there, maybe it's Alabama. I think one of those teams potentially could disrupt what Duke's doing. But I think the one-two rematch with Gonzaga sets up great. Uh, Coach K, I think they have at least what it takes, you know, to get through a couple of rounds. If they're shooting the basketball well, obviously if they got guys like Mark Williams rebounding the basketball well, and Paolo Banchero, I mean, Luby, he's a top I prospect. Know, he should be a top-five draft pick. And if this guy can get it going, like we've seen in the past, you know, when Zion Williamson was able to turn it on, or R.J. Barrett, or even Cam Reddish, you know, some of these freshman phenom in the past, We'll see what happens here. I think Duke has the chops to get to the second weekend, but it won't be an easy ride for Coach K in his final dance. All right, last couple of things here with Blake Chadwick, wrestling, boxing, MMA announcer extraordinaire. Also knows his college basketball. Again, follow him up on Twitter, at StatGuyBackBAC. He's also great on Facebook. He's a lot more philosophical than we are. Uh, Facebook, <laughs> look up Blake Chadwick. Uh, okay, so the guy you were great with, I think the two you you got me with, might not have been Curry, but remember Lehigh, and you're like CJ oh, McCollum. McCollum, and and also I forgot what it was it Weber with Dame Lillard that backcourt actually both guys absolutely, we, absolutely. we started we playing the game all right Blake who are guys we should look for and we sort of were joking about it and then I remember you brought up Damian Lillard and we're like yeah whatever and then he like balled down in the tournament and was like a top ten pick and now was like a top ten player okay fine Blake so like the next year. I was like, okay, who this year? And you're like, CJ McCollum and Lehigh. And then literally the 15th seed took out the two seed, Duke Blue Devils. And McCollum now is one of the best two guards in the league and has formed one of the better backcourts in the NBA for a long time now. Okay, so each and every year we ask you, what guy do we not know that we will know? The guy default talked to you about last week, Peter Kiss, is already gone. Bryant lost last night to Wright State. So it won't be Peter Kiss. Who is someone that we don't know so well now that by the end of this weekend we will know? Unfortunately, Peter Kiss uh, went uh, got a kiss good night yeah, last exactly. night just, exactly. as, as, as Brian was put to bed. We, we didn't think the run would last long, but anytime you could add a little spice to a 116 yeah. matchup, it, it's certainly good as those are typically you know your sleeper kind of games. Let's just look at today's games at least, and then okay. we'll get into tomorrow's games for a couple of guys that uh, we need to take a look at. The first game of the day, Colorado State, number six ranked the Rams there. David Roddy, fifth-year senior, who can really lead this team, is the best team Colorado State maybe has ever had. I think, personally, they're probably better than a six seed. I certainly like them over Michigan in this environment. I think their second round does not match up very well. Let me ask you, not to interrupt, but I have to ask, and I, you brought, Michigan came up. What are your thoughts on them getting in? Like, I've never seen a 17 and 14 team get into the tournament. That's a weird fucking record. And I, they, they were three and two down the stretch and went out early in the Big Ten tournament. Like, do you, did you think they were a tournament team? 
No, I didn't. And, and a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that they are Michigan. We had the incident recently with Jawan Howard, so they've obviously been in a little bit of a spotlight. Hunter Dickinson, one of the top big men in the nation as a sophomore. And again, it's a traditional type of program. Michigan will sell some tickets. Yeah. So I think it's one of those things where you're probably looking at it more from a business perspective. I don't think they deserve to get in. They certainly did not deserve to get a buy, in my opinion. Yeah. This is definitely a first four team. And we'll be taking a look at those first four games, whether it's my Wyoming, Indiana, Rutgers, or Notre Dame. All four of them, in my opinion, a better basketball team than the Michigan Wolverines. So that right there alone shows they were missing. Yeah, so sorry for interrupting. Going back, yeah, you were talking about Colorado State, Michigan, and Colorado. So, so, so David, David, David Roddy's certainly got to keep an eye on today. He's the type of guy that can control the tempo. And in an environment against Michigan, I think he can control that pace. And then potentially in the second round, with an upset on the horizon against Tennessee, he's the kind of guy that could disrupt the defense and the volunteers there. So he's certainly a player to keep an eye out on. Looking at today's one of the 5-12 matchups, Richmond and Iowa, even though he plays for Iowa, he plays in the Big Ten, everyone still thinks Luca Garza when we talk about the <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes. But, but, but Keegan, Keegan Murray has slid in there and done a beautiful He's job a of replacing Garza as the primary scorer. 20-plus points tonight and really take over. You saw him throughout the Big Ten's regular season into the Big Ten tournament, allowing the Hawkeyes to secure that championship. I really like what Iowa brings to the table. They're playing great basketball right now. Fran McCaffrey, obviously a top-level coach, and I think we'll really see what Keegan Murray has on display today against the Richmond Spiders. And we'll be just taking a look at you know some other games here today. Obviously, look at that San Francisco-Murray State game, the 7-10 battle through the top big mid-majors in the country. K.J. Williams with Murray State has been their top player, one of the best players in the Ohio Valley. And then San Francisco, the fifth-year senior guard, Jamari Bouye. He's, he's been a great piece out, out in the WCC. I mean, everyone, when we talk about the West Coast, we talk about Gonzaga. We talked about St. Mary's. I mean, to an extent, we even talked about BYU. But you cannot discount what uh, San Francisco brings to the table to Don, having one of the better seasons in recent memory. And I think in terms of this on-court play, this could be one of the more underrated games of the tournament. And I really like this one going down to the final buzzer. So in terms of today's games, Ruby, okay. those are certainly some guys that uh, you definitely should keep an eye out on. And just, you know, kind of glancing at tomorrow's games, yeah. uh, you know, I really like what USB has. You know, Andy Enfield. So that's not good for Miami Hurricanes. And I was, I was actually really uh, excited. I, 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 I like Miami. Okay. And I think in a, in, a, in a different type of setting, in a different matchup, they would play well. But with Isaiah Mobley, the brother of Evan Mobley, yeah. top rookie for the Cleveland Cavaliers, last year they were somewhat of a twin towers combination. Isaiah Mobley, I think his size and difference-making ability on the glass is going to be what separates them from Miami. Again, they're coming cross-country. They're playing in South Carolina. It kind of sets up for Miami to get the victory. But USC's been a top-flight team all year long and somewhat of an underrated Pac-12. You look at Arizona. You look at, obviously, UCLA. And, you know, you throw in some of these other top teams out there. They haven't had the worst season overall. So as the Pac-10 is kind of rebounding a little bit. So that, that's certainly a guy, another one to watch out for. And, you know, obviously this tournament is littered with all Americans. So, you know, certainly the top players in the country that we have seen before will be on the play, guys like Kofi Cockburn. And, of course, you know, the, the guys out there in Arizona, Benedict Mathurin. You know, th there's some good players in this tournament, some great players in this tournament. And we'll certainly see some ones pop up that most of the nation had never heard of before. All right. Uh, before I let you go, I'd be remiss to not mention you – you do boxing, MMA, but your heart and soul and 
where I think you're going to be on Mondays and Thursdays and Saturdays and Sundays, someday soon, is in the wrestling world. It's actually been a very tough week for wrestling. I didn't realize just how beloved this man was. I think we interviewed him once, and I, I, I haven't been into wrestling two decades, but whenever I was, he was always a heel, and I always fell for the heel, like hated them. So I never had love for this guy, but I never realized Razor Ramon slash Scott Hall was this beloved. And God rest his soul, he they took him off the support this week, and he passed uh, earlier this week. Um, it was all over social media. I mean, it, people that I didn't even know still followed wrestling were heartbroken with the news of the passing of formerly Razor Ramon. Most people knew him as Scott Hall. I didn't even realize that heel turn. Um, your thoughts, because you talked a lot on uh, Twitter, Facebook about just what he meant to wrestling, because I didn't realize he never even won a title. A lot of people were talking about him as the greatest wrestler to never, you know, what Phil Mickelson was once, uh, greatest wrestler to the golf world, the greatest wrestler to never win a world championship. Like, what does that mean? Because I didn't realize he was still sort of in some way, I guess, involved in wrestling, like uh, the passing of Razor Ramon slash Scott Hall. Yeah, I think it's one of those things when you're in the professional wrestling business, movie, you never kind of go away until you really pass away. Okay. Paul's always kind of been involved you know, in a little bit of a training role, consulting role, just kind of popping up here and there throughout the latter part of his life. Uh, but Scott Hall, you know, I, I mentioned it in, in one of my posts that I made, but, you know, you look at guys that were all-stars for a decade plus in Major League Baseball or the National Football League or the National Basketball Association. I mean, these guys, especially when that happens during, you know, your prime years of really being into the sport or, you know, being, you know, following things, and to me, it's kind of like he's a fabric of a lot of who we all are. I mean, he's a guy, and I don't mean that necessarily just as people, but as fans of wrestling. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's a guy who is there from pretty much day one for most of us watching and in through the biggest moments. Another thing I had mentioned, you know, in some of the three or four biggest moments in the history of professional wrestling, you know, the, the famous ladder match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 10, you know, uh, the, the formation of the NWO. Uh, you know, just several other big moments that were centered around this guy. And, you know, when you're talking about someone that's had a huge impact on the business, he's the first guy to really change the way guaranteed contracts are structured. Oh, wow. That's a lot of things that you know, the, the common fan wouldn't necessarily know. I mean, it used to be kind of a pay for appearance. Like there wasn't necessarily much of a guarantee until Scott Hall and Kevin Nash kind of changed that game going from the WWF to the WCW when uh, the NWO was formed. And, you know, again, this guy, uh, I kind of equated him, and again, obviously, this is a sports show, but I looked at him in a way kind of like a Scotty Tippin. Okay. You know, he, he was right there along for every bit of the ride. He had kind of a right-hand man to the Hulk, if you will, who was Michael Jordan in a sense. And he was just, you know, a big piece of the puzzle always, but he was never the main guy. Just like you mentioned, never winning the world title. He's in that same conversation with the likes of Jake the Snake Roberts and, and Hot Rod Roddy Roddy Piper uh, as, as big guys larger than life characters that never held that world championship. So, you know, you look at him as a guy who's always mentioned as one of the top guys, one of always the top pieces. And I think that alone, just knowing his impact on the history of professional wrestling and that it will be felt for generations to come just shows you how big of an impact the guy really had on the sport. Well, God rest his soul, uh, Razor Ramon. That's how I knew him. Scott Hall, uh, tough week for the wrestling world. Uh, before we let you go, what, you're always doing a ton of different things. I know we met up earlier this week for something you're going to be doing this weekend. What are some of the things you have on tab, whether it be boxing, MMA, wrestling, that people can find you at? 
Uh, this weekend, Luby, I will actually be in my home state of Virginia to nice. announce Virginia Championship Wrestling. Nice. I'll be doing uh, ring announcing and commentary for a great event there uh, in Norfolk. Uh, unfortunately, that will take me a little bit away from second round action on Saturday, <laughs> but I'll be back. I'll, I'll be back bright and early Sunday morning, just in time for tips as we uh, narrow the field from 32 all the way to 16. And it's crazy here, Luby, on this Thursday morning, 64 teams alive. In, in those 96 hours, we'll be down to 16. It'll be a crazy ride for the next four days. All right, at Stack Guy back if you want to get in touch with him or on Facebook, Blake Chadwick. We will, of course, have you next week to go from 16 down to four. Our friend, our buddy, and a guy that knows the sports world inside and out, the one on Blake Chadwick. Thanks, Blake. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, Ruby, and hopefully by next Thursday, we still have a semblance of a bracket. Exactly, a bracket isn't totally busted. All right, that's one only Blake Chadwick. Literally, uh, is it a decade ago? God, that's sad. Um, yeah, I think it's been 10 years or so. We started doing a show called The Young Guns on what was then DefoRadio.com. Uh, it's now non-existent because we do all of our shows now on the world of digital. But we did... Uh, the professor and a couple other buddies did a show. And then Blake and I did a show. We did a show every single day for like three years. And uh, he's a guy that soared of the announcing ranks. I am still here. <laughs> Devo, I like to say in the toy department, doing my thing with the one I only Jeff the force each and every day. No Defo. Sorry, Jack. No Defo. He's now, and I hope he's on a plane on the way to Atlantic City. We will talk with him tomorrow. He'll join me to break down his first day in a sports book ever during March Madness. Again, like Blake just said, the fun kick tips off in about, I think, less than three and a half hours, 12, 15, you have Michigan and Colorado State. Blake just gave you some of the players, some of the teams he's looking for. We will, uh, of course, have him on next week to talk about the tournament. We're starting at 64. We'll get down to 16 after this weekend. Where are we at when we are at 16? Who we're looking for in the final four? We're looking for to win it all. Gonzaga is the team a lot of people are behind. Look, Mark Fuse. Flirted with it. The guy's been to title games. Last year's team was loaded, and they should have won it all. They fell at the hands of a little bit more physical Baylor team. They're back. A number one seed again. We're pretty much top five all year long. Have a, a guy that many people think is a presumptive number one draft pick in Chet Holmgren. Timmy's back. A guy that was supposed to be a first-round pick last year came back to try and win a, t- win a title with and for Mark Few. We'll see if Gonzaga's there at the end or if Duke or anyone else and that region can upset the apple cart, as they say. This is the default show. I am Mike Luby Lubitz. You can always check us out on Ion Channel. Just Google the default show, D-E-F-O. Thank you to Blake Chavak for joining me, talking a little brackets. Recently, we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954 809 8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? 
Since day one of old school, we've had Catholic Health Services be part of our family. They are recognized as the quintessential rehab facility in the southeast for strokes. But it goes well beyond strokes because Catholic Health Services is in the community of South Florida to help the community stay healthy. And if they're not healthy, get them healthy and get them back on their feet quicker than they could have ever expected. They do it every single day. It's step and repeat 24-7 Catholic Health Services.